Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. Today, we're going to look at something that is important for all of us, and we're going to be looking at knowing God's will and making wise decisions. And probably even before you got here this morning, you made several decisions. Life is made up of ongoing decision-making. And so in considering this, this week, I thought it would be immensely practical and useful for all of us to look at a strategy. And so especially you younger people that are in formation, you new believers, write these things down. I'm going to give you a strategy, an approach to making wise decisions, and it's pretty straightforward, but it will save you a lot of heartache if you pay attention to this, and we're going to look at what the Scriptures have to say about this. Now, before we look at this strategy, I want to note something. I was listening to an old preacher in recent days, and he was talking about the the will of God, and so I'm weaving some of the word pictures together that he gave and that, that I have in mind, and these are conceptions of the will of God. And I've spoken with some of you about this first image, and that is God's will is like a tightrope. Anybody worked that one over in your mind? God's will is incredibly narrow. It's so narrow that you're gripped with unhealthy fear that you might topple off one way or the other at any moment. That's one misconception of the will of God. Some of you are walking the tightrope today, and I want to get you off the tightrope. Another misconception of the will of God is that it is a tiny dot, like a pencil dot. And not only is it tiny, but it's moving all the time. So you're like, where is the will of God? It's that little tiny thing that's moving around and I can't locate it. And at some point, hopefully I do locate it and then I connect it with the other tiny dots in my life. Friends, that's exhausting. That is not the will of God. Another image, a misconception of the will of God is that it's a hidden treasure and that God conceals it like a golden egg. And it can only be found by searching and searching and searching. And only the really informed people find that golden egg. A last distorted image is that the will of God is like a lottery ticket. And only a few lucky believers fortunate enough to come across the winning lottery ticket can know the will of God. Now, some of you are saying, that's exactly how I view the will of God, or maybe that's how I used to view the will of God. These are all distortions, aren't they? This is not the biblical view of God and His will. And good news today, God makes His will 
clearly known in Holy Scripture. It's amazing. God has given his people an inspired record of his will. It's right here. It's his will, it's his wisdom, and his ways that are revealed in this amazing book right here. These 66 books are a library of the will of God. And so today we're going to be looking at how Scripture helps us discern God's will and make wise decisions. And I mentioned it, I'm going to give you four simple steps. And this is pertinent for the youngest to the oldest. Who here wants to discern God's will more skillfully and make better decisions? Why don't you raise your hand? My hand's raised, for sure. So, Lord, we look to you. We thank you that you make your will clearly known to us. We thank you for the book. We thank you for Holy Scripture. We pray that today you would cut away misconceptions of you and your will and that you would infuse us with hope that we can actually know you closely and walk with you and know your will. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm already moving into it, but the first step in this four-step strategy is to seek God in Scripture and prayer. Why don't we say that together? Seek God in Scripture and prayer. And so what we're going to see here just by sampling a few places in the Word of God is that God's will becomes clear to us as we seek Him. Seek His face in Scripture. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I'm going to move quickly through some of these, but Romans 12, 1 to 2. The Apostle Paul is talking about spiritual worship. And right in the middle of these two verses is a key New Testament teaching about the will of God. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now look at this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, because his will is always good, and his will is always acceptable or pleasing, and it is always perfect. Look at Colossians 1, 9. Are you seeing it? The will of God is known as we present ourselves to him in worship. We give ourselves body, soul, and spirit. Look at Colossians 1, 9. Again, we are not buying the delusion that God's will is difficult to find. The word of God, just in these few verses, is showing us that we can know God's will. Colossians 1, 9. This is Paul praying for the church, the local church there at the city of Colossae, and he says this, For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of what? God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So Paul is looking at this new church plant, and he's saying, 
you can be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Does anyone here want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will today? I certainly do. Now, he, a couple of ch- uh, chapters later, shows us how do you get filled with the knowledge of his will. Look at Colossians 3.16. He's saying that the church can be filled, saturated with, immersed in the knowledge of God's will. They can live knowing God's will, and then he shows them how to do it. Colossians 3.16. He says, church, do you want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. So friends, we can, just like the early Christians, we can be filled with the knowledge of God's will. How do we do it? It's pretty practical. You let the word of Christ dwell in your mind and in your heart. You hear me talk about this image. I just absolutely love it. The waterfall of God's presence that's flowing. God's presence, his love, his holiness, his truth, his grace, his mercy. And so when we open the scriptures and we pray and we let the word of Christ richly dwell within us, then we're prepared, we're postured in a way that we can be filled with the knowledge of his will, who he is, the way he thinks, the way he works. I also liken it to a car wash. Some of you have heard me say that we need to go through the car wash every day. And so as you're making your way through the world, your windshield gets covered with soot and dirt and probably some smash bugs on there. And so you've got to open the Word of God and let the car wash wash over your mind and your heart so that you have a clear vision. Now, I want to take just a moment here. So many things I want to do with this, but I want to just show you a couple of things about God's will. And you'll see this in Scripture as you spend time in it, and you're filled with the knowledge of His will. But I think there's a few things here to note about God's will, His desires, His plans, and that is His will is never derailed. Look at Job 42.2. We could say numerous things about the will of God as revealed in Holy Scripture but Job 42.2 sums it up. This is Job, and he's had this back-and-forth conversation with God. He's had a lot of suffering and anguish and difficulty, and so at the end of this book, he says something about God and God's will. Look at it, Job 42.2. He's saying, Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Friends, the will of God cannot be thwarted. And the great mystery, and we're not going into this today, but somehow he engages our choices, our volition, our hearts, and we get to work inside of that will. But friends, when God determines something, his purpose cannot be derailed. 
Many other verses we could talk. Let's look at Proverbs 19.21, then we'll move on from there. Proverbs 19.21. I'm just trying to show you a few places in the scriptures that speak about the will of God. Proverbs 19.21 says this. The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose, the will, the plan of God that will be established. Friends, we want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. We want to know him. We want to know his will. We want to know his ways. Before we look at this next, the second step in this strategy here, in addition to seeking God in Scripture and prayer, I just want to tell you what Scripture tells us about his will for you and me. Now, when we lay this out, then we have great freedom If you're walking in these things, then you can be free in God, not walking a tightrope, but having great liberty. God's will is that people are saved. Look at 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4. Are you with me? We clear God's will, seeking God in Scripture and in prayer. First Timothy 2.4, this is a great word study. You can get a concordance and look at the will of God in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and you can make all kinds of discoveries so that you can be filled with the knowledge of God and his will. First Timothy 2.4, God's will, he desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is a foundational truth. God wants people to be saved. He wants people to be saved through his son, through the shed blood of Jesus, through faith in Christ. That is a foundational element of God's will. He wants people to be saved. Maybe you're here today and you have not put your faith in Jesus. I'm going to encourage you to put your faith in the Lord Jesus today. Maybe you've never done that or maybe you've been, you've strayed away from God. I want to encourage you, now is the day. Today is the day for you to experience the grace of God in Christ Jesus. I just want to sit with that a moment. I want to give people an opportunity. Again, maybe the first time that you need to do that, or maybe you're coming back to the Lord, it is the Lord's will for you to be saved, to be rescued from yourself, from your sin, and from an eternity separated from him. So friends, why don't we just close our eyes a minute here? It is the Lord's will that you and I should be saved. And I want to make space if there is someone here today who says, I've strayed away from the Lord. I need to get saved and rescued today. Why don't you just wave at me here? Anybody here? All right. See that? Anybody else? Just wave at me where I can see. So it's really not difficult. It's a simple thing to turn to God in repentance and to say, I'm turning from living for myself and I'm turning and giving myself completely 
to you, Lord Jesus. Tell them that. I believe in you. I cling to you in faith. I believe that you died on the cross. You rose again. I want you to be my Lord. I'd love to talk with you afterwards if you want to speak about it. It's a very simple prayer, but it is costly, isn't it, church? It's God's will that we be saved, and it's really any child can reach out to God through faith. So there's a simplicity to it, but when we do, we give ourselves to Jesus. It means he's Lord over everything for our whole lives. And so we need to plug into a church and learn what it means to be saved as a people. A second thing connected to the will of God, and I'm going to go through these quickly. A second is it's God's will that we be saved. A second is that we be Holy Spirit filled. You can look at this later, but Ephesians 5, 17 through 20 talks about it. It says clearly it is God's will that you not be drunk with wine, but that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's God's will that human beings be filled with the resurrection power of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And related to that, a third thing that God wills for all people, for his people, for his church, is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 5. Again, look at it later. But it's that you be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, that you be set apart, that you be made holy as Christ is holy. And then a last thing, again, I'm just giving you some samples here. It is God's will to equip Christians with every good thing to do his will. That's in Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. So friends, as you make sure those things are real in your life, you're saved, you're filled with the Spirit, you're sanctified. What's it mean to be filled with the Spirit? If you read that text, it means to be controlled by the Spirit just like you would get filled with wine and do stupid stuff. So you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You drink the Spirit spiritually through the study of Scripture, through fellowship, and you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. You're sanctified, you're equipped. A second thing in this strategy, let's look at this. List pros and cons. How are we doing? Making wise decisions. Let's put this chart up here. I've shared that this, as basic as it is, can help you immensely when you're facing difficult decisions. I've said take a sheet of paper, as simple as that, write pros on one side, cons on the other. Acknowledge that you're in God's presence. Lord, I'm doing this in your presence. You do it prayerfully, and then you simply write out the positives and the negatives of that decision that you're facing. I shared that Amanda and I sat at Chick-fil-A in 2015 and took out a piece of paper and wrote pros and cons on it at Chick-fil-A, sipping on my sweet tea there in Georgia, and we wrote out the pros and cons of moving to Oklahoma or moving to Chicago. And thankfully, we, our list made it clear we're supposed to be back in Oklahoma, and that really was. It was a very helpful tool. And we took that and we prayed about it and 
asked all kinds of questions and sought counsel, but this is a helpful tool. I heard after I shared this a few months ago, Eli Rutlinger, young man in our church, he was facing a decision about housing and serving as an RA at his college. And Reed, his dad, and Eli sent me a text and said, hey, here's our pros and cons list. Eli made a decision, and this was really helpful. So this, whether you're facing big, big decisions, you're going to relocate, or smaller decisions, this is helpful. So what upcoming decision are you facing where a list like this could help you out? Think about it. Practice it. Thirdly, in making wise decisions and discerning God's will, I'm suggesting that you confer, you talk with, you discuss, you get counsel from your spouse, your friends, your family. Look at Proverbs 12, 15 on this note. Scripture gives us many examples of people that went to a spouse, friend, a family, an advisor, and got input. The whole book of Proverbs is a guidebook for an older person to share with a younger person on how to live wisely. And one of the things that's talked about over and over again, look at Proverbs 12, 15, is this. The author of the book of Proverbs is saying to a young person, Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise church, what do they do? They listen to advice. So if you want to be a fool and you want to continue to walk down the path of fools, then think that you're right all the time and think that you have all the skill, all the knowledge to make great decisions on your own every time. And everyone will watch you and continue to say, you're being a fool. But if you want to be wise, then you are going to listen to what other people have to say. Yes, husbands, wives, you are going to listen to your spouse. You're going to listen to friends. You're going to listen to family members. If those family members can give good advice, I understand that sometimes that doesn't work out. Maybe a parent says, no, you can't move away and get married. And we would say it's time to cut those apron strings, not listen to your mom in that moment there. So friends, listen to wise advice. Look at Proverbs 15, 22. Are you seeing it here? It's very clear conferring with other people, listening to advice. Proverbs 15, 22 says this, without counsel, without conferring, without discussing and listening to other people's input, plans go wrong. But with many advisors, they succeed. So friends, the choice is here for us to be autonomous and independent rather than connected with community, connected with other people who can give us good advice. It's as simple as that. And frankly, some of us need to grow in humility. We've got some lone wolves, right? Some people think, I can, I can do this on my own. I can make decisions on my own. And what I want to invite you to do is join the pack. 
join the pack, confer with other people, and practice healthy interdependence and humility as you make decisions. Others may need to do the opposite. Maybe you need to grow some because you collect so much advice and input from other people you can't make a decision. We got anybody in here like that? It's the exact opposite. You're going to ask 20 people and get their input and take notes, and then you have analysis paralysis. And so I'm inviting you to use this strategy here today and to say, Lord, would you help me grow in discerning your will? I want to be filled with the knowledge of your will. I want to be healthily interdependent. I want to be connected to community. And I also don't want to get jammed up. I want to be able to make a decision. The last thing here, it's related to the third, but it's getting wise counsel from seasoned leaders. Look at Proverbs eleven fourteen. If you haven't read the book of Proverbs in a while, maybe you should hang out in the book of Proverbs. You young people, youth, young adults, be a good idea to spend time in Proverbs, teaching us the fear of the Lord and wisdom. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. And the word here, guidance, is related to steering a ship. So friends, when you're making your decisions, you are steering your ship. And you want other people advising you who have steered their ship for many, many years. You want to get input from them. You want to get advice. And so I want to ask, how's this going for you? When you're facing decisions, do you seek someone out? Do you seek, and you notice I say here, wise counsel, not immature counsel, not counsel from someone your age who's going to tell you everything you already know, wise counsel from a seasoned leader. I want you to look around the room for a minute here, especially, again, you young adults, you young people, look around this room. There's a lot of gray hair. There's a lot of bald heads in this room. These are wise, seasoned leaders. And so if you're facing a decision, seek one of these people out. Maybe you know their reputation. Maybe someone has pointed them out to you. This is what I love about this church. We're intergenerational. We've got young folks going for it, and they'll do anything the Lord is calling them to do, but they need the older folks. Would you agree? Because some of those older folks can remember when they were 20, and they made some poor decisions, or they could have done it a little bit better. So by teaming up, conferring, dialoguing with each other, you can make wiser decisions. And when you do that, I recommend, if you're seeking wiser counsel from a seasoned person, maybe you talk through the three previous steps that you've done. You come ready to discuss, hey, these are the things I'm considering. These are the things that I'm facing. Can you help me here? Some of it's pretty challenging here. There's some nuanced decisions I have to make. So friends, I hope that's helpful. Simple as that. You can be filled with the knowledge 
of God's will. Seek God always. Start a decision-making process. Seek God in Scripture and prayer. List the pros and the cons. Confer with the people that you're close to, spouse, friends, family, and then definitely get wise counsel from seasoned leaders. Amen? So, Lord, we do. We thank you for your word. And I pray for people that are facing decisions today that you would give them clarity, you would cut away the vines that bind them, and you would liberate them and free them and connect them with people who could help them with their decision. Lord, we love you. We pray as a church that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will. And your will is good and it's acceptable and it's perfect. We love you, Lord. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to turn to the Lord's table here. I'm going to ask the servers to come up, please. And as we do, we read from 1 Corinthians 11, beginning at verse 23. First Corinthians 11, 23, the Apostle Paul says this. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit and make the cup and the bread, the body and blood of Christ where we might encounter him today. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would nourish us today, that you would bring forgiveness, you would bring healing, you would bring all the things that you are and do, and that we would have an encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus as we celebrate your body and your blood. We pray that in your name, Lord Jesus. So friends, if you want to make your way up here. And